Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy Mother's Day, if your mum here. It's good to be celebrating together um, with Mother's Day. It's a special day. Um, but I know that actually, for some people, Mother's Day is not a really um, celebratory day for you. Um, my own journey, if you know me, my own journey into motherhood hasn't been an easy one. Um, you'll see me around with two little boys. Um, we've got a picture of them. We went to the beach yesterday. And hopefully... Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is Asa. He's my little six-month-old boy. And this is Cohen. He's three. Um, so you'll see me about with those. Um, but I also have had two other little boys who both of them died when they were little babies. And um, so for me, Mother's Day is a sad day as well. It's a day that's full of joy for these two boys um, and my own mum, who is wonderful. But it is also a day of sadness. I have a little necklace with their initials on, um, Jesse and Judah, two little J's. And, and I know that for some of you here as well, Mother's Day is not an easy day. So I know there'll be some of you who, like me, have lost babies or children. And um, there'll be some of you here that might have had an abortion or some of you who um, have, have lost their own mums. There'll be some of you who um, are maybe married and trying to conceive or can't have children or are not yet married but would love to be and have a family. Um, and, and there'll be others of you who just don't actually have a really easy relationship with your mum, so it's a hard day. Um, so I, I just wanted to acknowledge at the beginning, um, for those of you for whom this is actually not an easy day, that we are with you. The Bible says that we rejoice with those who rejoice and we mourn with those who mourn. So we pray for you, we love you, we are with you today if this is not an easy day for you. Um, but it's also right for us to celebrate mums this morning. It's right for us to honour motherhood and celebrate um, how wonderful mums are and to, um, and to encourage them this morning as well. So we're going to do that. We don't want to miss that opportunity. Um, now, when I was pregnant with Cohen, my oldest boy, I was sort of trying to get as much advice as I could, reading books and asking people, what advice have you got for me? Um, and somebody said to me, which I always remember, I haven't got any advice for you, but what I will say is that having children is the best thing that you'll ever do and the hardest thing that you'll ever do. And that is totally my experience so far. It is wonderful. It's the most amazing thing I've ever done. But it is also the most challenging thing that I've ever done by far. Some of you might identify with that. Um, it's a hard job. It's, hard. it's the hardest job in the world. I've heard that said and I can agree with that. <laughs> um, I don't know how many of you watched the programme, have seen this programme, SAS, Who Dares Wins. Um, it's a programme um, on Channel 4 where they, they simulate the selection process for the SAS. So they have people, would-be recruits, who come along and they put them through the selection process. And they tend to drop out at various points because it gets too tough. Um, and there's one week, one episode that they have every series where it's all about interrogation and torture, okay? And this is, I know you're wondering where I'm going with this. Um, this is the week where the most number of recruits drop out because it's just too hard. It pushes them to the limits. Um, and when me and Toby, my husband, were watching this programme, this one about torture and interrogation, we started to notice some alarming parallels with our lives, our daily lives, and what they were putting these recruits through. So the first thing was sleep deprivation. So they deprived them of sleep, and I thought, yeah, I can identify with that. Um, and then the next thing that they do is they put headphones on them, and they 
play, this is genuinely what they do, play just the sound of a crying baby in their ears for hours and hours. And I thought, yes, I can sleep deprivation, baby crying in my ear all day, yes. Um, and then the next thing they do is they just sort of get in their faces and annoy them and like prod them. They put these goggles on and just tap them. And I just thought, yes, that is my life. <laughs> and it was a bit of a worrying moment of realisation. The other thing that they do, which we haven't got to yet, but I think is probably coming soon, is this sort of emotional manipulation and like the sort of divide and conquer. They, they pit them, them off, off each other with their mates and, and make them paranoid. So I'm, I'm sure we've got that to come. So I say all this as an encouragement to you mums out there. If you take nothing else from this morning, when you're in those moments of desperation, just remember, you are tough enough to be in the SAS. Yeah. That is what I tell myself on a daily basis. I could make it. <laughs> okay. So I hope you take that encouragement. I, last week, I read an Instagram post from a mum that says this. She said, motherhood is vulnerable, it's fierce, it's painful, it's beautiful, it's joyful, it's tragic, it's a sacrifice I never thought I was capable of offering. Mothers in one day feel triumph, yet next feel failure, but we still press on with unconditional love, fulfilling our mission of raising the children whom God has gifted us because the passion burns inside us. And as I read that, I thought, yeah, that's the difference there between us and the SAS recruits. We are on a God-given mission, and deep in our hearts burns an unconditional love and a passion for our children. And so whatever age your children are, whether you're past the SAS phase, as I'm now calling it, um, and you might, be, you might have children that are at school and you're helping them navigate how to do that, how to do relationships. You might have teenagers. You might have sent your children off to university. Or your children might even be married and you're figuring out how that relationship works, being a mum-in-law, um, being a grandmother. Whatever stage you are at, that passion, that unconditional love that burns inside us, that doesn't change. That will still be there for you. Um, and it's rarely an easy job, whatever stage you're at. So I also, I also especially wanted to mention single mums this morning. If you are a single mum or um, also if you're the mum of a single mum, because often those mums play a really big extra role um, in their grandchildren's lives. And I just wanted to especially celebrate and honour you. Single mums, you are amazing. I wish I had more words to say. You really are. I hope you feel that this morning. So, mums, I wish that I could give you, instead of a bag of sweets, a holiday to the Bahamas for a week. But, sadly, budget doesn't allow for that. So, um, I hope instead to bring you something better, which is some encouragement and rest in God this morning. Um, now, I've, some of you might have seen on the social media that I've titled my message... Uh, mum enough, question mark. Um, and this is because the front cover of Time magazine uh, in May 2012, it had on the front cover a picture of a mother who was breastfeeding a three-year-old, and it said on the title, are you mum enough? Are you mum enough to do this? It had a whole article that was looking at lots of the, the theory of attachment parenting and lots of different mums who were breastfeeding their children, I think up to the age of six, but they were all saying they were going to just do it indefinitely. And, um, and with this question, are you mum enough to do that? 
Now, even as I'm saying that, some of you, it will be evoking different reactions um, amongst you. And apparently this article sparked off in America what they've called the mummy wars, um, which is this whole thing of, you know, is it, are you going to breastfeed or bottle feed? Are you going to demand feed or are you going to um, establish a routine? Are you going to do baby-led or parent-led? It seems like from the moment that your baby is born, you have to make decisions. You have to make decisions of what sort of mum are you going to be. And, and there's a huge amount of pressure because you care about what sort of mum you're going to be, but you have to make these decisions. And it can be very divisive and very intimidating. And even as your children grow and it goes on, um, it's still the same. You're trying to make these decisions. How, when should I let my child have a mobile phone? Uh, how late should I let them stay out? How much screen time should they have? Uh, what parties should they go to? And, and whether or not you're a very confident person, you can still end up feeling very um, insecure and unsure about this and questioning yourself. Am I doing a good job? Am I mum enough? Now, I wanted to ask a question this morning. What does God say about that? What's God's answer to that question? Are you mum enough? So that's what we're going to explore this morning. And, um, and the first section that I'm going to talk about is primarily for the mums, okay? But if you're not a mum, then it doesn't matter. Don't switch off. Um, because it's good for us all to know what God says about this and what God says about mums and, and what the Bible says about motherhood. But also then the second part I'm going to move on to is going to be a bit more broadly applicable. So... Stay with me, whatever your sort of life situation is. First of all, I think the answer is yes. I think God says, yes, you are mum enough. And, and that is because motherhood is a calling from God. If you have children, it is not a mistake. God has given you those children, and he doesn't make mistakes. The Bible says that children are a gift from God, and it says that he is the creator of life. So the call to motherhood is an honour that has been given by God. And the Bible honours motherhood. The Bible even uh, likens God to a mother. It says in Isaiah, as a mother comforts, so I will comfort you. So God says that the ultimate sense of comfort is the embrace of a mother. There's no other role like it. And motherhood is also a huge part of God's kingdom plan. Because if you're a mother, you you have um, disciples with you all the time, okay? It's the ultimate discipleship role. And it's of eternal value what you're doing as a mum because it's all about shaping minds and hearts and sharing faith. It's about speaking truth into your children's minds and hearts. And that is of eternal value, um, I, I actually, I didn't say this in the first meeting, but I saw this week that there's these, um, Hello Magazine is doing Star Mum Awards, and it's Mum Awards of the best mum, best celebrity mums. Um, and I just, as I saw that, I just thought, you know what, you can't take a mum award with you to heaven. Eventually, a, mum, a Star Mum Award won't mean anything, but what you've inputted into your children is of eternal value. It's so much more important. It says, um, in the Bible is, is full of mums who, um, who God used to bring the advance of his kingdom. So there's, there's mums like Hannah and Sarah and Mary who God, um, God used them and their children to do great things for him. In 2 Timothy it says this, um, Paul writes to Timothy, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and now I am sure dwells in you. So Timothy had a heritage of faith. It was passed down from his grandmother to his mother and then down to him. 
So it's, it is a very special um, privilege to be a mum. And those biblical women, they were part of God's plan just by being a mum and by being um, obedient to God and living lives of faith. But unfortunately, motherhood is not always seen like this in our culture. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, and there's a Christian writer called Rachel Jones, and she wrote this in response to that same Time magazine article that I was telling you about. She said, from this issue of Time, from television, f- from Facebook, from blogs, and from Pinterest, the message screamed at mums is this. Unless you are fit to run marathons, breastfeed into the preschool years, own a spotless and creatively decorated home, tend a flourishing garden, prepare three home-cooked meals per day, work a high-powered job, and give your husband expert sensual massages before bed, you are not mum enough. Now... None of those things are bad in themselves, but there is a subtle undermining in that of the role of motherhood itself. And sometimes I I find that that attitude sort of masquerades as an empowering message to mums, that you can have it all, you can do it all, you you don't have to just limit yourself to being a mum. But in doing that... Sometimes it actually it leaves us feeling unfulfilled or it leaves us feeling inadequate in that very role, the one that is m- so much more important than any of those other ones. And by all means, do more. I'm not saying don't do any of those things. I think, you know, for, for many of us, including myself, it makes us a better mum if we spend time doing other things as well. Um, and so that's not the message I'm saying here. But what I want to encourage you is you don't need to supplement your role as a mum by doing lots of other things. And, or as I recently read, which I felt was really sad, I, I read um, about being liberated from the label of mum. You don't need to be liberated from that label. And then there's, there's another cultural message that I think um, that I just want to talk about that, um, that doesn't help, which is that when you have children, your life is over, um, and that that is a bad thing. Now, the reality is that... It, when you have children, it's true, your life, the life that you had before is over. You have a different life, okay? You can't do the things that you used to. Um, your former life no longer exists. And you, instead, you spend your life giving and giving and giving, and then at the end of the day, you've got very little energy for much else. It's a very sacrificial role, being a mum. And that's not just when you have young children. My mum makes sacrifices for me all the time, and she, you know, I know, um, and she does do this, that she would drop everything to be at my side if I needed her, that she would always put me and my, um, my needs before, what, before her and her plans. I was talking to um, another mum, Sue Dix, who works in the office here. I was talking to her this week, and she was saying that she spent um, a couple of Saturdays ago cleaning her... She's got grown-up children, cleaning her son's um, house. Uh, and, and I thought, as she was talking, and I, and I asked her about it as well, I, I thought... That's a a sacrifice. She had plenty of other things she would have liked to be doing on a Saturday that didn't involve being on her hands and knees and scrubbing her her son's kitchen floor. Um, And and there was was a sacrifice of time and a sacrifice of energy there for her. And she said she she loved it because she got to spend time with her son and and she loved that. Um, And so there was a blessing in it as well. But it's a sacrifice, whatever age your children are. Um, Motherhood is a call to lay down your own desires and ambitions for your children and for the gospel. And our culture doesn't like that idea because it doesn't 
Um, it's very afraid of anything that seemingly gets in the way of, of your ambition, of my desire, of my ambition, of my passions. And, and having children is seen as a barrier to that. And I think that that is an attitude, not just in the context of being a mum, but it's an attitude, that sacrifice, um, that the gospel really challenges. Because Philippians says this, that Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place. Now, Jesus, he had a pretty good life before he came down to earth. He was in the most significant position in heaven, glory, um, and and had all of that. And he lay it all down for the ones that he loved. And he says that that is a glorious honor. Because the gospel is a story of a sacrificial servant. And as followers of that servant, whether we're mums or not, we live lives that need to be full of that same sacrificial love. And there is so much blessing in that. Okay, I'm not saying that being a mum is all, um, all hard work. It's so fun. It's so wonderful. There's such a deep joy and love and enjoyment that, that you can get from that role as well. Of course, it's wonderful. But... The gospel says that when you lay down your own agenda for his call upon your life, whatever that is, that you'll find true life in him. And I want you mums to know that God knows and sees all those sacrifices that you make all day long, that daily sacrifices that are not seen by anybody else. He sees that and he loves it. And the reason that he loves it is because it is a reflection of the gospel. It's a reflection of his son and it's a reflection of who he is. And I think that's such a precious thing for us mums to grasp and to get hold of. And actually, whether or not you're a mum, like I said, we are all called to reflect this attitude of sacrificial love. Um, Whether that is being, uh, if you've got a colleague who needs some help with something and you sacrifice your time and that you could really be doing with your own to-do list to spend with them and help them with what they're doing. Or whether it is... Um, sacrificing your time to spend with a friend who really needs some help. Um, It might be making sacrifices for an elderly relative. Um, That can be really hard and quite draining. Or it could be just something much simpler, like uh, making a sacrifice instead of you choosing what movie to watch of an evening that you let your sibling or your friend or your spouse choose. And, you know, that might feel like a big sacrifice in itself. It can be small things or big things, but sacrificial love is a demonstration of the gospel. And God honours that, and he will honour you for that. So mums, God says that you are enough, because your calling as a mother is so important and so precious, because it's a a demonstration of his love and of, of his gospel. But it's also true to say, I think, that God says, no, you are not mum enough, okay? And I'm not contradicting myself. I think these are both true. You are not the perfect parent. You are not ever going to be the perfect parent. You cannot protect your children from everything. You cannot ensure that your children will be saved. You can't heal your sick child. You don't always have the emotional or physical energy or strength to deal with daily life as a mum or to make huge decisions that you sometimes have to make as a mum. There are so many things that are out of your control and beyond your capacity. 
and that is true of all of us. But God, actually, this is the good news, there is nothing that is out of his control, and there is nothing that is beyond his capacity. We are not mum enough. I am not enough to be the best mum, but God is God enough. And for me, for example, patience springs to mind. I do not have enough patience for a three-year-old all the time, okay? But God does. The Bible says that God is slow to anger and abounding in love and that he can give that to me as well. And this is, like I said, a message for all of us. We're not enough. Yes, we are totally accepted and totally loved by God exactly as we are, but without Jesus, we are not enough. So we need to look to him to draw strength from him and, and lay it all before him. And this is the thing I felt God most leading me to um, encourage us with this morning, to just lift our heads and our hearts to the one who is abundantly enough and to gaze at him. I found this um, quote really helpful, but also really challenging from um, Jen Wilkin, who's an author and a Bible teacher. She says this, Upon what is your gaze fixed? Your bank account, your bathroom scales, your child's next accolade, your dream kitchen, the latest blockbuster series, your phone. It is the nature of life that we must fight daily to make room in our line of sight for that which transcends. Many things hold a legitimate claim on our attention, but when our eyes are free from the two-year-old or the spreadsheet or the textbook or the dinner dishes, where do we turn them? Do we turn them to God? Do we turn them to his words? Do we turn them to his son, Jesus? Because the best mum or dad or husband or wife or friend or sibling or employee or child that you can be is the one who beholds Jesus, the one who relies on him, the one whose gaze is fixed on him and the one who's becoming more like him because of that. And I think that now in the world that we live in, and this is definitely an issue for myself, We've, with our phones attached to us with so much on there and, and everything, all the whole way that we're connected, it, this, the distractions are beyond ridiculous for us, okay? There's never, um, you never need a moment where you're not doing anything because there's always something there for you to do or look at or consume. And so that means that for us, it's a battle, It's a battle for us to keep challenging and encouraging one another with the question, when you look up from it all, from everything that you're doing, which are legitimate things, where do you look? Where do you turn your eyes? Is it to your phone? That would be a problem for me. Or is it to God? The Bible is such a source of encouragement and life and rest and truth. And I'm just going to read a few verses um, that I hope will show you or will be an encouragement to you if you're a mum or whatever situation you're in. Um, These are truths that the Bible tells us that we believe. Isaiah 40 says this, He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. 2 Corinthians says this, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Philippians 4 says this, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And Jesus said this in Matthew, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I hope as you hear these, it's just doing you good. It just does you good to hear this truth that Jesus is the source of rest. And, and, and also wisdom. James says this, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. And there are, I could go on, there are countless promises in the Bible that God gives us that tell us that he has all that we need. So I want to encourage you, if you are a mum or any other type of busy, tired person, which could be for all kinds of reasons, don't settle for the lie that you haven't got the time or energy to engage with God or his word. For me, I find it is a battle to quash this lie because I think when I'm tired in my head, I think, right, what I need to do to get rest is to watch TV. If I need some energy, I think I need a cup of coffee. If I need some wisdom, I look to the world. What books can I read? What what advice can I ask from people? And again, none of those things are wrong or bad, but I know that 10 minutes spent with Jesus will do me so much more good than any of those things, will give me such a deeper rest, will give me so much more strength and energy. Um, And and it's a battle for us to contend, I think, in in our world to to get that time. And I, I also... I believe that, of course, that there are times of grace where you might be so, you know, for example, for myself, when, I, when you've just had a baby, it's so hard to really concentrate on anything or get any quality time with God. And there's grace for times like that, of course. But I think that we shouldn't settle for the um, I haven't got time or I haven't got energy. One of the best pieces of advice that I had from another mum was um, when I was struggling, she just said to me, have you, do you have worship music on in, in the house? Um, and I said, oh, not really, in the, not really in the daytime. Um, and, and she said, just put it on. She bought me a CD. She said, bought me it. She said, just put this on and just see what a difference it makes. Because having music on, it, it mean, that's, that's full of truth, that's full of words of worship, it just changes the atmosphere in your home. It lifts your gaze. It makes you think about the truth that's being spoken to you. And even if you don't even notice, it's goodness that's feeding you rather than something else that's not of God. And that was one of the easiest and most helpful things that I found. But I still, I still want to really impress upon us not to, not to just give up and say, oh, I just cannot find time, but to really contend and fight for finding a way of spending time with God during your life. Uh, and as your life changes, to, you, you've got to mix that up as well. A few weeks ago, Tim was talking about prayer, and he was saying the same thing. As, as you go through life, you might have to um, change the, the pattern, the way that you spend time with God. That's fine. If you need to do that as well with, um, with reading his word and coming to him and time spent with him, do it, but don't let it be lost. So as I come to an end this morning, what I didn't want to do this morning was give you mums anything else to do, so I hope you don't feel like that is just another thing on your list. Um, But what I hope I have done is filled you with some encouragement that your motherhood is a God-given calling and that he doesn't leave you to do it on your own. And whatever God is calling you to do, mum or not, Whatever he's calling you to build in your life, do it with him. Psalm 127 says this, Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. 
Unless the Lord protects the city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved ones. And you are God's loved ones. Not just mums, all of you. So mums, keep doing what you're doing. You are amazing. And you are a significant part of God's kingdom and what he is building. And you are a reflection of the gospel of sacrificial love. But don't try to do it without God. And whatever stage of life you're in, let God be your source of rest. Let him be your source of strength, of wisdom, of joy, and of life. Whatever you're doing, when you look up, look at him. Because he is God enough. And just before I finish, I wanted to mention, um, if you don't know Jesus as your sacrificial servant, then let me encourage you to get to know him. He has poured out his life for you for you to live in forgiveness and freedom. And if you'd like to know more about that, then please do come to the front here. If you'd like to come and talk um, to, anybody, to anyone about anything this morning, if you'd like prayer for anything, there will be people down at the front here um, that would love to chat to you and pray for you. Okay, if we can stand, I'm going to just pray for us as we, um, as we go on our way. God, we just look to you. We just thank you that you are God enough. We thank you that in all of our weakness, in all our inadequacies, Lord, you are enough. You have it all. I thank you, God, that you are in control and that there is nothing beyond your capacity. God, I thank you that you are such a true source of rest and of comfort and strength, Lord God, and we look to you for that this morning. And and I pray that you will... Um, yeah, just fill us with more of a desire to, to look to you, to spend time with you, to, to just feed from your word. And Father, I thank you for the mums here this morning. I thank you for the, the calling that you've put upon their lives, Lord. And I thank you that, you, um, that they don't need to do it on their own, Lord, but that you are with them, Father. And I pray that as we go from here, that the mums will know how much you love them, Lord. How, uh, that you say, yes, you are enough. I've called you to do this role, and I will do it with you, and I will strengthen you. God, I thank you for that. Be with us, we pray. Amen.